Hey, it's Joyce. Every week, I have the chance to chat with an interesting, inspiring human and to share that conversation with you. Join me as I walk and talk with entrepreneurs, adventurers, and all sorts of people who are working hard to empower women and make the world a better place. Now listen, this is not some highly polished, formally produced podcast. It's just two humans out for a walk with the chance to learn from each other. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and join us. Hey everyone, Joyce here, welcoming you to today's Walk and Talk, where our guest is Heather Brooker. She is an actress, a comedian, and an Emmy award-winning journalist. She's appeared in more than 40 films and TV shows, including The Beloved Grey's Anatomy, The Office, The Mindy Project, and so many others. On her new show, The Brooker Family Popcast, she and her husband, Chris, and their daughter, Channing, have unfiltered conversations about pop culture, entertainment, and family life. And I've watched several of these, and they're really, really fun. Uh, Heather recently spoke at the Girl Up Leadership Summit alongside Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Meghan Markle about gender equality, equity, and body body positivity passionate about empowering women to love their bodies of every shape and size, and we're going to talk about all of the things. Heather, welcome, and thank you for being with us today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Uh, And if you hear that weird coughing in the background, uh, my dog is with me, as he often is, and I think he's having a little allergy attack because we took a long time before this. Poor little guy. Well, it is springtime. terrible in New York. It is so springtime. So, Heather, this career path around creativity and performance and journalism. Can you share a little bit about how it started? Sure. It was um, uh, not intentional, (laughs) Um, to say the least. When I uh, was in college, I went to Oklahoma State University. That's where I'm from originally. I was there on a theater scholarship. I loved theater. I loved performing. And I sort of had one of those, um, like, panics when you do, when you find out, like, oh, my gosh, I have to take a job for the rest of my life. And I, I <laughs> had a lot of self-doubt and didn't think I could make it as an actor. You know, I wasn't a triple threat. I wasn't a trained dancer and singer. You know, I just loved acting. And so I decided to leave the theater uh, department and go into journalism because I felt like that gave me a chance to tell stories in a different way. And ultimately, that's what acting and performing is, is it's storytelling. So I went into journalism, and I absolutely loved it. I loved the rush of getting a good story, of, um, you know, connecting with people. I loved that I was doing something different every day, telling a different story every day. And um, I did that for many years, and I traveled all over the world as a journalist and reporter and Um, absolutely loved it. But there was still that part of me that really loved performing and being on a stage or, you know, making my, making people laugh. And so when my husband and I, after we got married, we lived in Tulsa, I started uh, doing plays and local commercials and films and all while still, you know, being a news reporter. And I just really felt like there was a calling for me to, um, to pursue acting full time. So we packed up and we did the whole Grapes of Wrath move from Oklahoma to California <laughs> and, to, you know, in pursuit of our dreams and better life. And we came out here and I felt so lucky. I, you know, I worked hard. It wasn't just luck, but I worked hard too. Um, and I got an agent and I started booking work in film and television. 
but I will say all the while still working um, in news, uh, but more behind the scenes. So I became a writer and producer in news. So I had a job that could support my acting habit. So that's sort of <laughs> how, that's sort of how a, a shortened version of like how it all came to be that I'm still, I still am a journalist. I still work in news, but I also am an actress and comedian. And it's this very strange mix of all of the things I'm very passionate about. So you tell that story and that journey uh, with a big smile in your voice, for sure, <laughs> and that takes us in the spirit it's intended. You make it sound like it was pretty easy. You know, so I did a lot of awesome. <laughs> I thought everyone wanted to do that. We we packed up our whole life, and we moved to California, got an agent, and everything has been great. I assume that the journey has had its challenging moments. Oh, for sure. For sure, yeah. I mean, you know, you're um, you're starting a new when you anytime you're starting something new, um, anytime you're starting a new career, essentially, and that's what I was doing. Um, it's hard. I mean, it took <clears throat> it took me a couple of years of getting to get an agent and to get work um, in television, and you know, um, there was a lot of like I was doing background work on random movies. You know, um, I one time. I was a uh, uh, in a movie about zombies. It was, called, it was literally called Zombies on a Plane, and I <laughs> I was there for weeks as a background actor, dressed in a hot pink tracksuit, waiting for my scene where the zombie um, attacked me. <laughs> and when I when I, I mean, there's definitely moments like that when I think about the ridiculous things that I've done, and you know, it's so fun though. Like as an actor, you're like it's just play, and you're like this is so fun. It's all part of the process. So yeah, there's definitely those moments that were like, what am I doing? Am I making, did I make the right decision? I left a career in, you know, journalism, but, um, but yeah, no, it's definitely been a lot of hard work, but I'm one of those people that loves to be busy. I'm, I'm a true multi-hyphenate, you know, I thrive off of having a, a busy calendar. And if, when I'm not busy, then, then I start to go, <clears throat> okay, what am I doing with my life? What can I do to create something? Um, and that's just sort of who I am. Yeah, I'm sort of I, I'm sort of the same way as far as that goes, and I've kind of had to make peace with that. And a few years ago, one of my best friends said to me one day, and I repeat this often, so people in our community may have heard me say it before, but she said to me, one of the keys to happiness is being the right amount of busy. Yeah, and yeah. Sounds like for people like you and me, like it's so true because too busy isn't is not a good recipe, but not busy enough is definitely not good either. Yeah, and I have to I have to check in with myself regularly to make sure I'm not overdoing it because I will um I will absolutely go in deep and I'll forget about <clears throat> you know checking checking in on myself and taking care of myself. Um, and uh, because, because I like to be so busy, whether it's doing comedy or whether I'm, you know, going to an acting class or, you know, right now we're in the middle of a writer strike in Hollywood. And so I'm like, I'm trying to get up to the picket lines to support the writers. And so it's just, it's all good things. It's all fun things that I enjoy doing. But you, I have to stop and check in with myself and say, am I spending enough time with my family? Am I, am I you know, because there is that line of where, you know, people who love to be busy will cross and go, I'm deep diving too far into work, but I like try to incorporate my family into a lot of what I do. So we get to spend time together. So, and it's not work. I mean, I don't mean to phrase it like, oh, I'm working and I make them work too. 
not <laughs> that's not what I mean. Because <laughs> what we do, oh. especially for this podcast, is is really fun. So, um, but yeah, it's just I love staying busy. I love being busy. I want to talk a little bit about what it's like to create projects, uh, which is the phrase I'll use rather than you know work with your family. But before we do that, I'm curious about something. You used the phrase check in with yourself. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? What does that mean? How does someone check in with themselves? <clears throat> well, I would say for me, um, I, if I'm overworking myself or if I'm um, overscheduling myself, I don't sleep at night. Um, mm-hmm. I will be up all night long thinking about things, running things through my head, um, thinking about emails maybe I need to reply to and that sort of thing. If I find that that's happening, then I realize um, I'm not getting enough sleep. And if I'm not getting enough sleep, then I'm definitely not the best version of myself that I can be when I am busy. So that's how it manifests for me is when I'm not sleeping or when things are running through my head all night. Over the last, I would say, three to five years, I have put a renewed emphasis on making sure I'm getting enough sleep at night. I used to be a night owl, staying up late at night for the comedy club, you know, staying up late at night, networking, you know, that sort of thing. Um, And I can't do that anymore. I'm getting older. My body is like, girl, you need to slow down, (laughs) you know. So I've realized, like, I have to prioritize getting enough rest for myself. So that's how I, my body literally will check in and then I will go, oh, I hear you. I see what's going on. And, um and make corrections. And so all that means putting the phone away before bedtime, which is honestly the hardest thing to do. That means <laughs> carving out, um, like maybe <clears throat> before I um, before I get in bed, I will return any emails that I need to return quickly and then put everything away and go to bed. Um, that way I'm not thinking about it through the night or I'll do what's called, uh, what I call a brain dump, where I have like a notepad or my notes app um, if I've got any ideas or something that I have to remind myself in the morning, I'll just do a quick voice to text or write it down and then it's not on my mind anymore and I can kind of breathe a little bit and relax and go to sleep. So that's really interesting because it sounds like you have identified for yourself how overwork or lack of self-care, whatever, whatever you, however you want to phrase it, but when things are out of mm-hmm. whack, you've sort of identified how that manifests in disrupted sleep. And I think there's probably a lesson in that because I think for all of us, there's some kind of early warning system that we're not taking the necessary care of ourselves. And I guess there are two parts to this. You've got to know what your early warning signal is, and then you actually have to heed it. (laughs) Yes. And that's a big part of it. Because for years, I would be like, oh, I'm just not getting any sleep. Why am I so tired all the time? I go to bed, but I'm not getting any sleep. You know, I'm still, <clears throat> I'm still exhausted. And that's because while I recognized I wasn't getting any rest, I wasn't doing anything about it. I wasn't making any changes <laughs> to try to fix it. And sometimes that means, you know, going to bed at nine o'clock. And I hate to admit that I do that, but I love it. <laughs> I'm at the point now where I'm like, I love going to bed at nine o'clock. And I am not ashamed to say that sometimes I do. So I, I embrace so, it. I always laugh because 
this time of year, as we head into the solstice, it is not unheard of for me to go to bed before the sun has fully set. Yeah, your body's just tired. And that's just your body being like, hey, get some rest. You know, you it's okay to want to rest because we're like I'm I'm an older woman. I am in my forties. I say older in a loving way and not in like a, a negative way. I am an older mom of a certain age. I have a ten year old who wears me out a lot. And um You've got a lot of energy, energy your kid. A lot of energy, yes. Um and with all the things on my plate, I have to give myself space to rest because everything and i read about this too because i'm such a nerd whenever i find out something um i'm like oh this could be it i want to read about it and learn about it and so much of our bodies are connected to sleep if we're not getting enough rest then we don't make good food choices during the day then we don't have energy to move our bodies during the day and now listen i say this knowing by all means i am not a sleep expert i am not you know, uh, an expert on anything, to be honest. Um, I, <laughs> I, um, but it's just what I've read and what I know works for me is learning to get as much rest as I can, because then I feel better. I have more energy and I want to make healthier choices mentally, physically, all of that. So much is connected um, to our sleep. And truly the research just keeps, keeps coming on the importance amazing but uh, i refer to sleep as one of my superpowers so i'm right there with you i wonder what everyone who's walking right now is like now i need a nap thanks a lot <laughs> they're like great uh, and there's there's really interesting research around naps too naps are really helpful but they don't actually yes. fix what happens if you don't get solid nights nice yeah so, yeah uh, naps are awesome i but, used to take so many naps and I could not figure out why. I I would hit a wall around two in the afternoon um, or three and be like, what's wrong with me? And I physically could not keep my eyes open. And I will say too, a large part of it, and I forgot this part, a large part of it is I stopped um, drinking um, soda and pop. Um, I I stopped drinking Coke. And once I stopped doing that, I, it was so much easier for me to sleep at night. Mm. Uh, I, I, yeah, I also everything. am. I'm super caffeine sensitive, so people are like, you know, when I see people drink like an espresso after dinner, I think that is that is madness. Madness. That is bold. Yeah, how do you do that? That's bold. My husband will do that. He'll have like a cup of coffee with a tuna sandwich or something, and I'm like, God, how do you do that? Like he will drink coffee any time of day, um, and I don't, I don't always. I love coffee too, but I can't drink it at night. No. No, I can't drink it past 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, which is probably for the best, because otherwise I would drink coffee all day long. All day, so, yeah. Changing gears a little bit, Heather, you are a proponent for gender equity and body positivity. Uh, you know, a, a phrase we're hearing a lot of these days. How did that become part of your passion, part of your work, part of your mission? You tell me what it is to you. Well. You know, a large part of it comes from uh, being a mom. You know, when I had my daughter, um, I, you know, to be honest, I never really thought about my body or, or 
you know, being plus size uh, in that way. I mean, I was aware of it because in Hollywood, you can't not be aware of it. It's sort of, you know, it's a part of your work because people are like, oh, we want to hire a plus size actress or a curvy actress or whatever for these roles. So it's very much, you know, something you think about. But the way you think about it and the way um, I wanted to inspire others to think about it is what changed. Because, you know, when you, when you, when I had my daughter, the idea of her in any way being embarrassed of her body or ashamed of her body or ashamed of what her body can do. Cause I just was so in awe of being the, being able to have her, you know, I was like, Whoa, I made a person, you know, <laughs> like amazing, inside right? my body, you know, like, and it was just an amazing, um, amazing feeling and amazing experience that I just thought I don't ever want her to feel ashamed of her body no matter what it can do, because this is the body that we're given. And, you know, um, whether it's bigger, smaller, whether you're, you know, uh, whether something looks maybe a little different or, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. Like we should all just sort of embrace these bodies that we're given. And, um, I really wanted to instill in her that confidence. And we've had a lot of conversations over the years about it. I think a lot of it comes from too, you know, my mom was a plus size mom. She was always a heavy lady. And I didn't really um I wasn't when I was growing up. I was very very thin. I was very athletic and um I never really my mom was so confident in her body. I never really thought like, "Oh, my mom is overweight." Or I never looked at it in a negative light. So I think that's where it just it was what it was, you know. So I think um that's where a lot of it comes from too. But mostly just from the fact that I just did not ever want my daughter to be embarrassed. She's very tall, and people comment all the time on how tall she is. And I work so hard to make sure that she has the confidence knowing that there's nothing wrong with being tall. She's at least, like, a foot taller than most of the kids in her class in fourth grade. And I don't ever want her to be embarrassed of that. So it's really just me, hopefully, trying to lead by example of being like, this is my body. It is what it is, you know, I have the same challenges and struggles as everybody else does, and the more normal bodies we can see on TV, the more normal um, bodies of different shapes and sizes, I don't want to say normal, maybe that's not the best word, the more um, shapes and sizes of bodies that we can see on TV, the better, because that's what reflects the world that we live in. And um, that's really my goal. And I do that on social media. I share, you know, uh, try-ons. Like my daughter and I uh, do these try-on sessions where we'll she'll try and close and I'll try and close and we'll, you know, raid each other's outfits or stuff like that. And <laughs> so it's just it's just about finding ways to make make it normal. Like, yep, this is this is my body. This is what it is, and I'm not ashamed of it. I love it, and I want her to love her body too. So. And her friends and her friends at school, I want them to see that, you know, as a plus size mom, I can still show up and do all the fun things that, you know, everybody else can. And, you know, it's, it's um, yeah, I'm hoping to lead by example. So most of us have an outside view of what's happening in Hollywood and in movies and in television, but you have more of an inside view. So the question I have that I've had for a while is, are things changing in Hollywood? Are the conversations changing? Are the 
pressure is being put on actors changing, <laughs> or are you still hearing the same, you know, the same kind of thing? Well, I mean, I think if you look at some of the big, biggest movies at the box office um, or the the biggest TV shows, that will tell you um, that really, no, <laughs> they're not. Um, you don't, you almost never see, with the exception of Melissa McCarthy and occasionally, you know, Rebel Wilson, um, <clears throat> who are two plus size actors, actresses, um, you don't um you don't see larger women in um in leading roles. They're usually the comedic uh best friend, the sidekick, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that um as much as like people like Lizzo have really just like I admire her so much. She is out there every day getting trolled so hard sometimes by people online. They just say the meanest things about her. And she's just living her life, having fun. She's so talented and she gets so much hate because she is a plus size, you know, woman. And it it just, there is a hesitation in Hollywood to put plus size people out there. And I don't know if it's because they're afraid that they're not marketable if they're afraid no one will go and watch, if there's a heavy set woman, if it will turn men away. And I'm like, by the way, women mostly go see movies anyway. You know what I mean? Like they're, <laughs> I just, um, yeah, there's still very much a negative connotation, especially when it comes to leading roles for plus size women and uh, women in, in larger bodies, for sure. I'm, I'm, it's slowly changing, like I said, with people like Lizzo, Melissa McCarthy, you know, um, Rebel Wilson. The thing is, though, like Melissa McCarthy doesn't really talk a lot about um, being plus size. She's just sort of is like it's very much she's just sort of accepted as, you know, for who she is because she's been doing this for so long. But she's not like a plus size advocate. And I think mm -hmm. that's almost what we need is we need someone out there being like, hey, we need to see more representation of different body sizes um, in film and television. Um, but I don't know that it's changing. It's happening very slowly if, if it's happening. It's happening very slowly. I feel like from what I have seen, and I could be this, you know, confirmation bias, whatever, and I don't, uh, but I feel like on television, I am seeing not necessarily plus size women, but I'm seeing less super skinny women, if that makes yes. any sense. Right? It does. So yes. that seems to be shifting a little bit away from the super skinny to a more average size. Yes. Like I see yeah, some progress I, I happening there. Yeah, yeah, I do think is, that's true. Uh, and definitely seeing it with um some like teenage actors, you know, when they're casting, when I see, you know, the, the kids, um, yeah. like the, the teenage girls, I'm seeing fewer of the super skinny, which is, you know, very nice to see. Um, mm -hmm. And then in movies, I feel like, no, I'm not seeing it. I feel like in the blockbuster no. movies, they're all still <clears throat> super, no. super thin. Yeah, definitely not in movies yet. But television, yes, for sure. There is movement there to more um, you know, average size um, actors for sure, which is great. Like we need that too, you know, like we definitely need that too. Um, any movement to show diversity of of skin colors, diversity of body shapes and sizes 
to reflect the world that we actually live in is good. It's good. For sure. Uh, so I want to be sure before we run out of time, because half an hour goes really quickly when you get two women talking with one another. But before, <laughs> I want to be sure that we have the chance to talk about the Brooker Family Popcast, as you call yeah. it. So uh, let's go. I want to hear the story, if you would, of how this came to be. Like, were you guys all sitting around at dinner one day and kind of were like, Hey, maybe it would be fun to make a podcast together. I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like, so we were very lucky in that um, we get to go and see a lot of movies and television shows before they're released. So we get to go to early screenings and previews and stuff like that, just by the nature of my job and and, um, the content that I create online. And I always bring Chris and Chan with me. And we always have so much fun after the movie, just chatting about what we thought about it. And Channing has, that's my daughter, has the funniest observations about um, whatever we've just seen. And we always end up kind of like laughing and joking around or whatever. And then when we go to these parties, like we're the goofballs that are like actually eating from the catering that's there and like, you know, dancing on the dance floor or whatever and having fun. So um, we were like, you know, this will be really fun as a podcast to share with people a glimpse of conversations you know about these tv shows because i realized there really isn't and there isn't a podcast um or, or especially a video podcast that you can watch and listen to as a family that talks about pop culture topics where you're talking about the latest marvel movies and dc movies that families can watch and listen to together um you know it's family friendly we're not swearing or anything like that but we're also very much a real family we tease each other we joke around and um we have guests on we have we had the cast of rugrats on last season and the cast of the new show uh jane on apple tv plus so um it's really just uh, just our nat- our fun our conversations that we have really unfiltered conversations we have as a family that we want to invite people to join in with us and um it's not like uh, other comedy podcasts where there's a lot of swearing and stuff like that. And it's not like the educational podcast for kids where we're not trying to necessarily teach anybody anything. It's pure just entertainment. And we want people to join in the conversation with us because um, we have a lot of fun. We do. We we talk way too much about like Super Mario Brothers movie and, like, and video games and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a really fun show. And I should know the answer to this, but I don't actually. Forgive me. How long have you guys been doing this? So we just launched our first season uh, a few months ago, and we wrapped it up a couple weeks ago, and then in two weeks we are launching season two um, on May 24th. So we built it in seasons because we realized that since we are a real family, we have busy seasons in our lives, and we needed a break um because we do everything ourselves you know i produce it i book i book it i edit it um you know i do all of it <clears throat> myself so we needed to um build in breaks for ourselves for the show so we broke it up into seasons and that is another way that i find that i have to ba- that's easy for me to balance my workload um by building in breaks yeah i love the idea of being proactive about building in your breaks. I have a conversation that comes up with my husband with some frequency where I say, I'm so burned out. Like I need a break. I need a trip. I need something. And he'll say, so schedule something. And I'll say, I'm too busy. 
And he'll say, let's schedule something for September. And I'll say, but I need a break now. And he'll say, yeah, but chances are you'll probably need one then too. Yeah. No, it's so important to build in breaks for yourself, even if it's a day or two. And, you know, we're lucky since this is our show and we produce it. Like I can decide and we can decide, oh, we're going to need a break around this time. And, you know, because we're real family and and stuff happens. And the last thing I want to do is for us to get burn out on talking to each other, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So, Heather, if people want to find all the things, including the podcast, and actually I have a question that you're not going to have an answer to. Why are you (laughs) calling them podcasts when a lot of them now are video? Well, I think it's just because... Don't don't um, use a new word. Yeah, I think it's because just the medium, you know, uh, not not everybody does video yet. Every a lot of podcasts are still audio only, but I think it's just because it's what the medium's called, and because where most people get it is on podcast players. Um, like we tell people, like they can watch our show on Apple TV if you just search Brooker Family Podcast, it'll come up, and you can watch our show on your Apple TV if you have an Apple TV. Um, or Roku, if you search through the podcast there. But the, the main way most people still uh, get podcasts is through podcast players um, and audio only. So it's slowly, I think, shifting, you know, with Amazon taking over Wondery um, and uh, Apple TV has their own podcast network now uh, that's all video only. Conan O'Brien is doing video only. A lot of podcasts are shifting to video. And I think, um, someone will come up with a word, I'm sure. We've just been calling it sort of like a talk show um, because yeah. that's kind of what it is. We sit and we talk that's and we exactly. have guests. And yeah, I mean, so it's sort of a talk show that you can, I, people have the choice to watch it or listen to it. My friends back home in Oklahoma will pull it up, um, you know, on Saturday morning in their living room and they'll listen to or watch our show while they're like, you know, hanging out or making breakfast or whatever. So it just depends on whatever is easiest for your family. Other people listen to it in the car while they're um, picking up their kids from from pool or running errands or whatever. So it's a really great way. It's, it's also a really fun show you can listen to for all ages. So to answer your question, um, you can find us at brokerfamilypodcast.com. Uh, you can also listen in every major podcast player, watch it on Apple TV, and you can follow us on social media, uh, me at the Heather Brooker or uh, Brooker Family Podcast, whichever one you prefer. And we will link all of those in the show notes and on our channels as well. Heather, thank you so much. I really uh, feel like we could have gone on, on, honestly, on any one of the topics we talked about, we could have talked about for another hour. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, this was so much fun. And thank you so much for inviting me to come and speak to everybody. I hope everyone who's walking had like the best walk ever. Enjoy the day, Heather and everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's Walk and Talk. Catch new episodes featuring inspiring guests every week in all the places podcasts live. Until then, I wish you happy trails.